Welcome back, Chelsea fans, to the Romans Empire podcast and the quarterfinals of the UEFA Champions League. But, uh, of course, this is the place where all we do is talk Chelsea and talk shit about everyone else. And today, Atletico Madrid is on the chopping block, uh, courtesy of a Chelsea uh, ass-whooping of them. So, uh, Sam and Andres are here to join me, as always. So, boys, initial reactions on uh, on the match today? Round of eight, baby. Here we come. Let's go. <laughs> Second time's a charm. Wow. I'm just, I'm just, I, I think I had a smile on my face for like, f- like 45 minutes straight after the final whistle. I just couldn't get that grin off. Like it was just a dominant performance. Uh, much to what I expected. Looked really good. Didn't put away a lot of our chances, but we put, we did enough. And, you know, of course, that super sub, Emerson, coming in and just putting the nail in the coffin, that, that was just the icing on the cake. It was amazing. It's expected when you have a player of Emerson's quality uh-huh. coming in. Yeah. yeah. Did anybody else join me in putting Emerson scoring the, the second goal in the match? I made bank. <laughs> Did you make that bet in the 90th minute? <laughs> Live betting, dude. He came on. I was like, bet. Put in put in the mortgage. I'm, I'm filthy rich now. Thank you, Emerson. I wonder if anybody run. actually actually no. that was it a prop bet at some point during the match? Zero chance that no for the... sure they'll but take a bet dude, on anything. For all sure. they do is prop bets in the UK. They do a lot of those. I'm sure, but nobody's gonna put in oh, that much money. There will be honest. someone who put a pence like like ten pence on it. You know, so like, you made like seven euro, dude. To I'm be honest, sure the payout I... would be crazy on that. Prop, <laughs> prop bets are like prop bets are way better than than the betting system we have here where we could only bet on the result or you know the spread we have prop bets here i mean some right prop books. bets but like it's not <laughs> as, as common it's really not as common like especially yeah. in vegas like like you can't go to you just can't go to any sports book and, and and take out you know any sort of prop bet you want yeah no for sure yeah it's it's it doesn't work like that here so i can't find yeah. it the prop bet unfortunately but yeah. Let let's get into this. So going through the starting eleven, Mendy and goal, back three of we're going back to the back three again, by the way. Rudy, Zuma, and Dave. Uh with Reese James and Marcus Alonso as the fullbacks. Uh Kovic, Kovacic and Golo Conte as the midfield uh double pivot. And, and Golovic, then... if you if you uh-huh. may. And Golovic. Uh, not as not as good as and well, Govicic. George George well, was it George Golo George Golo Golo and Govicic George Golo is number one in my mind um and then a front three Kai Havertz Ziyech and Timo so I want to start off there just as far as my initial reactions I was very surprised by the selection of the front three because. Arguably, these are three. These are the three most disappointing players. Obviously, three of our newest signings, but I think they're three of the most disappointing players. Obviously, this season, and um, it was a bold decision by Tuchel. And I, you know, when I saw it, I didn't. I didn't say whether it was a good or bad decision. I just said that it surprised me, and I was left pleasantly surprised. I gotta say, the three of them looked really good together, but. Before we get more into that analysis, we got to start off with some of the ultra. Wait, we don't the... get to say our reaction to the starting eleven. Yeah, sure. 
if you want. <laughs> if you think you're more, yeah. you're, what you have to say is more important than what the Rep Ultras have to say. Go ahead, well, by all no, means. No, they're they're gonna they're gonna get their <laughs> chance to to react to the match. But yeah, the fact that Ziyech is starting and and even Timo, in my mind, it was gonna be Kai, Giroud, and probably Cho. You know, players that actually have shown something recently. Ziyech has dropped absolute goose eggs in his freaking last, what, five or six matches under Tuchel. And Timo just wasn't scoring at all. Yeah, he was creating things here and there, but you figured, you know, in a game like this where you need to put the team to bed, you probably aren't going to take a stab at 50 shots from Timo to, to get one goal. And then I know that we'll probably touch base on Zuma's performance, but not seeing Christensen's name in the lineup without any previous news was kind of a shocker. And then that left us with zero center backs on the bench. So I and was, two goalkeepers. <laughs> yeah, I was I was a little scared looking at the lineup just because of of what it meant for the rest of the match. You know, we have no depth at center back, and then the front three left a lot to be desired uh, without you know players that have been performing. But Tuchel has yet to pick a lineup in my mind, at least. Or, or made the changes accordingly throughout the game, he's yet to, to really kind of put his foot in his mouth. So, uh, I, yeah, pleasant surprise for sure. Alonzo being the guy that kind of scared me being matched up with both a fullback and a midfield because Atletico went with a 4-4-2. So the boys, the boys handled it. It was awesome. I'm, uh, I'm, a, I'm, kind of, I'm done making judgments on the starting lineup um with Tuchel from here on out and I really didn't comment on it before the match I I think the only real shocker obviously Christensen uh, not being in a lineup but um the Ziyech selection for me was was pretty shocking I thought we'd see Giroud with Timo on one side and then most likely Kai on the other just for form's sake um but yeah, just his inclusion was a shocker in itself and something that's interesting that I do want to point out in the post-match he mentioned that Part of his philosophy in selection in selecting uh, Ziyech is his experience in matches like this. You know, he's mentioned that he's been uh, that he's been you know to the what to the to the round of four to the semis of the of the champions. <laughs> the semis, yes. Yeah. So, um, I mean, that's a big reason for him selecting him. And obviously, Andres, like you said, I, he hasn't <laughs> he hasn't put his foot in his mouth yet. He hasn't given us a reason for for any of us to call him out and say, what the hell is he doing with this lineup? Even when he changes things up, like last game against Leeds, we played four at the back. We still managed to, to play relatively well throughout the game. Mm -hmm. So uh, credit to him. I mean, I don't think we talk about Tuchel enough on this podcast, if I'm going to be honest. Um, But this was one of those situations where you had the players performing at this incredible level, but you had the manager put in place this system that works so well. And, and the key here was, yeah, there was no depth. So plan A had to work. And the fact that it worked so well um, was really good to see. And I had this crazy revelation today. Uh, I tweeted about it earlier, but you can't spell Tuchel without UCL. It's just impossible. So we got we got a lot of I got a lot of faith in that little uh, uh, coincidence, but <laughs> I want to start. Would have got us a lot, a lot more followers, man. I, I was I, I was expecting to get like you know another. 
another like plethora of or another wave of followers but uh eight 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 likes two retweets uh one of those retweets being myself but uh and I thought, me I being the other being oh cool <laughs> Hey, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna give it I'm gonna give it a third retweet from right now from our Roman <laughs> Romans Empire podcast. I just retweeted our own tweet out of desperation, but um, yeah, I thought that was gonna be a banger. Damn. Uh, but uh, let's go through. I just want to quickly go over some of the great reactions from our rep ultras and other fans. Well, Rico's not technically an ultra, but he's 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 close. Uh, he's one of our favorites. He also confirmed that he is not a hater. Like. We we joked about him being a hater, and he said, "By the way, I'm not a hater. I guys, I like your guys' podcast. Let let's not forget where you are or our origins were. Okay, you tweeted us two different times saying, ah, you guys, your guys' podcast kills me. This the stuff you say is just nonsense. So you you were a hater at one point. Okay, let's get it straight. And now you're one of our best friends. So let's keep it up. Uh, he said." Well, this well, Rico at the real RCB twenty four. He says, smiling so pretty at my damn team. Come on, you blues. No questions, just my opinions. I think Zuma needs a rest next game. Conte is a beast, and seeing Mount to J five and TS celebrate uh, Tiago Silva made me so happy. Uh, <laughs> another one from uh, Eric, aka Chelsea Eric. Why not us? Really? Why not us? It's a good question. A lot of the rest of the teams that are in it, not not in great form right now. You know. Yeah, I didn't think why why shouldn't have been us in 2012. Uh, You can ask the same question then. Um, and then this one from Ron, aka Bone Daddy Cool, aka Bone Daddy Deluxe, aka Bone Daddy Supreme. Uh, he posted the the picture of Tiago, Mason, Jorginho. He said, just talk about this right here, as this is what all of us hashtag rep ultras felt at the same time. Oh my god, <laughs> that was just, that was literally a, one of the most amazing things. I, I, there was a clip, I think Mason Mount retweeted it, and it was like a, the, the actual video clip of it happening. And I think I watched it on loop for about like two hours straight, just because just <laughs> it was so amazing. And I, I instantly was, made it my 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 Twitter profile picture, like instantly. When, when it was happening, I was only looking at Tiago Silva's feet to see if he was getting any vertical on his leap because I was so worried about that hamstring, man. <laughs> I'm just like, please, yeah. no vertical. Started bouncing. For sure. I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm like, stairs, like, relax. Just bend knees. Don't jump. Oh, dude, don't worry. He was wearing compression pants. Oh, you see how tight those right. pants were? It's fine. Those completely were for therapeutic reasons. <laughs> it was one of those copper fits, you know? Nope. Makes that, me... was one of the, <laughs> that was one of the best things ever. I, yeah, I, I, just, just something really quick on Tiago Silva. Mm-hmm. Uh, for someone that's only been here for less than a season, especially at his age, he's really taken to London well, hasn't he? In terms of he's he's – He's become Chelsea. He's become like proper Chelsea. He's, he's blue through and through. Really yeah. fast. Yeah. I I really wish they would that CVS would have just dedicated a camera to him, like a like a small box in the corner to show us Tiago Silva live the whole match. Because I think they only started showing him around the 60th minute, and every time they panned to him, it was gold. He was screaming instructions. He was wasn't even kind of just on the edge of his seat. Then he was in the staircase. I mean. The, like you, you see that video that that Ron referenced, 
Mount and Jorginho are at the top of the stands and their chairs just chilling. And Thiago is on his feet yelling instructions at the back three the whole time. It's incredible. That He's going to be a great special. manager. Yeah, okay. he is. Wait, what did you say? Sorry, I missed that. I'd say he's gonna be a great manager. I'm so I'm so excited, and I, I also tweeted this. I mean, this was the same tweet that like the ideal, the ideal route for Thomas Tuchel, like the greatest route would be Dortmund, his former club, then PSG, his former club, and then if he beats Liverpool in the finals to cement himself as the best German manager in the Premier League. That would be that would be insane for him. Let's talk about the defense real quick. Uh, so we got to start off with Rudy. Um, I got to admit, I was I was a little disappointed in the Rep Ultras at how uh, how nervous they were with this back three because I thought that we had officially surpassed that like you know fear of having Rudiger in the back three. Obviously, Dave has been you know part of our best back three this since Tuchel. And then, you know, Kurt Zuma at one point was our best defender. So, I mean, I know obviously he's just a little bit more uncomfortable with the ball at his feet. But, you know, I thought that they looked really good. But starting off with Rudiger, I mean, just the, the first of all, the physicality, the shithousery, the <laughs> shoulder checks. I mean, that was that was risky. He shoulder checked. I forget who it was uh, right outside of the Suarez. box. Yeah, it was Suarez right outside of the box, and like I thought it could have could have easily been called as a foul. So that was like very brave of him. I mean, I think ultimately it was the correct call. But running through his stats real quick, three out of five long balls completed, forty-seven touches, two clearances, ten recoveries, uh, as well as the La Liga's second top goal scorer in his pocket the whole match. Um, a cheeky red card draw, <laughs> nearly a worldie. I mean, he hit one shot like way outside the box that barely just missed the top left corner, <laughs> as well as like you a. You gotta other... have that in your Chelsea bingo, man. You have to. It happens every match. He takes a shot from forty yards out. It's yeah. Amazing. Then he also had one that was like right on the byline, like literally. <laughs> it was a, the craziest <laughs> yeah. angle. I was like, He's what are you doing? Shot. Why is he going why is he going for a goal for crossing in the middle? We, we'll let it slide because he played that good today. Yeah, I mean when you yeah. have that kind of confidence in yourself from that kind of performance, you're just like, why not? You know, I might as well just try it. Like I've done enough good in this match for them to forgive me for taking this shot. And it it, it worked. I forgive you completely. <laughs> so I'll we'll I'll start off with this, Zach. This is a Twitter question from at Kendall Higa. Uh he asked who is the first name on the team sheet, and why is it Rudiger? <laughs> um, well, look, the guy's been playing well. I, I, I think it's time to stop. And, and this goes to all the Chelsea fans. I, I, I really kind of bit my tongue when, when a lot of the Rudiger conversations came up because he's he was good for us, especially when he first came in under Conte. Um, I mean, you're, you're not a German international by mistake, especially with the amount of talent they have. So yeah, he's a little erratic. He does have that mistake in him every now and then. Um, you know, he has that rash challenge or, or, or that silly dribble or that shot from 40 yards out. But look in the 14, 13 games that Tuchel's been here, however many it was, um, he hasn't played one single poor match, and he's played both in the back three and 
as 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 a center back in a two. So, it, as far as I'm concerned, first name on the team sheet. I don't want to go that far because I mean Conte has been amazing. Christensen's been amazing. Um, you know, there's other players. Mason Mount as well under Tuchel has been awesome. Kovacic, Jorginho. I mean, the list goes on and on. There just seems to be a lot of those first names on the team sheet at the moment, and Rudiger is uh, has really cemented himself as one of those. And and to be fair to him, and and shout out Matt Law for this. Um, you know, all of this celebrating on the sidelines with Thiago Silva, Mount, and Jorginho, and just the team camaraderie, all the Instagram posts after the game, Tuchel smile, hugging the players on the pitch. There just there doesn't seem to be any fucking locker room or dressing room tension whatsoever. Really? Really? Matt Law says otherwise. Yeah. So, <laughs> I, you know, I'm not really understanding that. And, and here's the other thing. And, and to be fair to Rudiger, he's usually the first one to congratulate his teammate when we score a goal. And he's usually the first one to get in someone's face when someone else gets in his teammate's face. Like, he's that guy for us. He's our shithouse player. We have to appreciate that in him. And I think once Chelsea fans start accepting the fact that he's shithouse, but he's also class at the same time, once they can stomach that, then Rudiger will be liked amongst, you know, like the overall Chelsea fan base. Because I still think there's a big section of them that are still criticizing him. And after watching this game, if you're still criticizing the guy, I mean, fuck. Like, like I don't know what to tell you. I feel sorry for you at this point because he's just been incredible. Andres? I mean, I... I, Rudiger is up there, but isn't Mason Mount still the first name on the team sheet? Yeah. 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 Like, I, I, I don't want to get ahead of myself. I still think it's Mason Mount, but Rudiger is kicking ass, and I, I don't think that uh, the back three is, is going to be without him much longer. I always call it for Zuma, but again, my only argument was that Zuma's uh, set piece threat was, uh, was the one thing that could be added, but Rudiger is doing everything on his end. So. No, you don't take out the hot hand. I, I'm, I think I'm with you, Andreas, that I'm not ready to say that he's the first name on the team sheet, but um, definitely he's he, he's in my, my number one back three right now. And, um, you know, I'm, this is a good transition to Zuma because he played for Christensen, who I think thought who I think at this point is now also a part of our best back three you know initially we didn't know why Christensen was out later we found out that it was due to an illness but um Zuma stepped in and he killed it um eight aerial uh duels or eight duels won five aerial duels won four recoveries um he was just everywhere like the same same sort of deal with Rudiger just being very physical um knocking people over uh making big plays like just jumping 30 feet in the air or <laughs> or what is that 10 meters for uh all of you uh metric pe- folks that are listening but um i mean zach i know i know how much you love zuma you know but you also mentioned earlier that maybe the back three isn't the best fit for him how do you think he did today I mean, yeah, it's not ideal to put uh, to put Zuma in the back three um, when you look at the other defenders that we have and their skill sets. But I mean, the guy can still handle it. He's he's a class defender as well. Um, look, I mean, playing in the middle, it's it's again, it's not the most ideal position for him. But 
he used his strengths today to his advantage. And, and I mean that literally and figuratively. Um, he was an absolute beast as always. Um, so when you have him in that kind of form, yeah, of course he could fill in the gaps and play there. I don't think that um, having, I mean, especially when we have a manager like Tuchel, I think we're fortunate in the sense that we don't necessarily have as many glaring weaknesses positionally uh, because Tuchel's so good at tweaking things and, 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 and fitting players into positions where they might not normally play, but where they can still do a job for us. So, I mean, big, big, big shout out to Kurt Zuma. I think, you know, in the long run, if Thiago Silva, um, you know, if he doesn't re-up his contract, it, it, you know, I know they're talking about it. It looks like it's most likely going to happen. But in the case that he gets injured again, I feel comfortable Zuma slotting in there, uh, to be completely honest. If he could do it against Atletico Madrid and, you know, in, in, in the round of 16, I, I, I think he could pretty much do it against anybody, you know, bar the, the, the top clubs in Europe. Because I don't think Atletico's necessarily there anymore. But, um, yeah. Nonetheless, a really good performance from him as well. I, I think he has earned himself a lot more playing time. So Tuchel has a really good problem on his hands where he has uh, pretty much everybody <laughs> that he's played is uh, defend. At least the defenders um, are all in a relatively decent run of form. So it's a good selection headache. Mm-hmm. Andreas, what about you? I mean, as as long as we can keep Zuma happy in the role that he's in right now where, you know, he's not playing week in and week out. I think that he's a valuable addition to the team. We, we talk about this pretty much every podcast. We don't know what the plan is for the back line next season. We don't know if it's still a back three. We've seen the back four already deployed once. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I don't want to say that, that it's his time is up. Obviously he performed pretty well today and, Again, at the beginning of the season when we were under Lampard and, and winning every match or, you know, trouncing people, the back line included Zuma and Tiago. So I like Zuma a lot. I think he – one thing that's really nice about him is that he's willing to, to learn and listen. Again, when he was next to T- John Terry when he first came in, he was really good. And this season partnered up with Tiago. I thought he was excellent. So he's always going to be the – the Robin to a Batman. And, and I think he fits that role very well. So yeah, hopefully we can keep him happy and, and interested in staying as part of this project because he, he adds, he adds something off the bench when needed that some of our other center backs just don't have. And I, I mean, I think just to wrap up the back three discussion, Dave, um, you know, we can just we can say the same things we say about him every week. Uh, I think overall we were a little shaky at times in playing the ball out of the back, and you know there was just just some very curious passes from Mendy to Zuma to Rudiger, like you know through through the box, you know, and like it was uh, it was really. I mean, it, it scared me a little bit, but for some reason they, it always worked out, and they were able to break almost every press and you know bring the ball down the pitch. And you know, Dave, he he killed it. I mean, I think he had like more than I think yeah. So like, Zuma had 44 passes, which was the second most uh, out of the center backs, and Dave had double that with uh, 88 passes or 89 total passes, and I think he had like a 70 something or a let me see. I'm pulling it up right here. Uh, 78 out of 89 passes completed. So, 
you know, he, he was, he was doing a really good job of helping us build up break presses. Um, so, I mean, I think there's, we've, we've said enough good things about Dave in the past four years of our podcast existence that we don't really need to add anything, but just, you know, we collectively, we want to say that we appreciate, appreciate him. And you talk about breaking the press. And I mean, the first, and I tweeted something along the lines of if we can stay organized defensively and, and avoid conceding in the first 20 ish minutes, this press wouldn't last very long. And sure enough, the, the Atletico players got f- flustered because the back three, and, and we can include the two center mids, so calling the back five, they were just so good off the ball to get open. And, and we were pinned pretty deep. And even though it looked scary at times, you could tell that the, the players felt confident in those, those passes they were making. And and basically, Simeone came out and said, "I the tactic got screwed they they broke out of the press there was nothing else we could do at that point like we legitimately took them took their strategy and said that's not going to work and they had no other way of of canceling out what we were doing it was incredible Mm -hmm. Um, all right let's let's move up to our front three uh we got to start off with ziesh because you know the man with the goal and it's so funny because you know, last episode, we talked about how all of our shots are right at the keeper. And again, on this goal, Ziyech hit it right at Obak, and he was very lucky, honestly, that it got past him. Uh, I was annoyed by that shot, but I'm just really happy because the buildup was amazing. I mean, it started with with uh, Kai Havertz playing the ball long to Timo Werner, where his speed just – he beat every single player – on the pitch throughout the 90 minutes and you know he looked up found that perfect spot on pinpoint pass right to Hakeem Ziyech's feet and he hit it with his right so that's you know I'll give him a little bit of uh, credit for that but um I'm, I'm just I'm really happy with the way he played um just quickly gonna run through his stats one goal um coming from two shots on target Three chances created, three out of three long balls, three key passes, three out of five dribbles completed. Um, we got a we got another tweet f- uh, from Prosh, aka Prosh Prashanth, aka Prash, aka Prash with the rash the opinion. Rash. Well, I don't want to say the rash because <laughs> that sounds bad. He's is he's, he's Prash with the rash opinion. Okay. We have to clarify because we did get we, some. We are not saying that he has a rash. He yeah. has rash opinions. There or you that, go. Or that he is a rash. He is rash opinions. Um, he asked, not going to be, <laughs> not going to be rash, <laughs> but what a win. Love the tactics and performance. Ziesh, apart from the goal, looked a little sloppy or was it just me? Uh, for me, I thought that, you know, the one the one criticism I had a lot of Ziesh was that he spent too much time making decisions. You never you rarely saw him make a, a first time pass. Uh, you know, right when it gets to his feet, he gets rid of it, recycles possession. He was doing that this match. Um, but as far as the sloppy uh, comment goes, I think what I saw was you know the the reason why. Hakeem Ziyech tends to cut back and then cross with his left foot because 
I mean, this is a stat you didn't include, Zach, but he was 0 for 5 on crosses. Um, and it's because every time he tried to cross it with his right foot, it, was, it wasn't even near a player. Like, sometimes he, he couldn't even get it, keep it on the pitch. Um, so, you know, that, that that's – if that's going to happen, that, that only is like maybe, you know, 5% of his overall match. You know, those, those small things that I – can point out i'm still okay with the performance you know i, th- I thought it, i thought overall he looked definitely his best match uh in a chelsea jersey i think at least since he ret- uh, returned from his injury but i mean yeah. andreas what did you what do you see from ziesh yeah I, I, I don't know about sloppy it's just i think it's an obvious halt to the way we play when the ball gets to ziesh you know he is gonna slow it down big time and and to talk about sloppy, I mean, he was only dispossessed once. So on the ball, unless it was a bad cross with his right foot, <laughs> he seemed to to kind of keep it safe. You mentioned recycling possession and all that. But still, it looked like he always had to go to his left foot around the box. He has to take two to three touches before making a decision. And little things like that when Atletico is there for the taking and, and extremely open because – we would win the ball back in, in transition. So those guys are all trying to dart forward and we would get it back usually in Golo Conte, who we'll definitely be talking about later. So Ziyech is, is maybe one through ball away from an assist or one run away from scoring. And, and he just seems to want to stop what's going on around him and make, it just gives the team, the other team time to get settled. So his touches seem sometimes like inconsequential because it, it, you know, a team that's when it's set up, Atletico's defense is fantastic. So no, he's not going to find that needle, like threaded needle pass that he likes to look for when he's giving Atletico seven seconds to get set up again. So I don't know about sloppy. It's just decision-making in the final third. He just loves to stop play and then look instead of kind of knowing where to go before the ball's to his feet. Yeah, you do get a sense of that, but I also think that's what you get with Hakeem Ziyech. I mean, this is the finished product. The guy's 27. Um, Look, I mean, the performance in itself, yeah, wasn't great in terms of the whole 90 minutes, but he he got the decisive goal for us that eventually eventually put them away. Um, and And to be fair to him, he does have that ability to arrive in the box. I think just the end product is what's lacking. Um, I forget who it was against. Maybe it was Everton where he, he was in clean and he got across similar to that, but it was in the air and he hit it right to the keeper. He had a bunch of time in the box, but I mean, anyways, my point is, is that he does have that, you know, that ability to make those runs and to arrive in the box at the right times. Like his timing on those. It was the United was really game. Good. He hit it straight out the hair. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's the one. That's the one. But very similar run with this goal. And he did the same exact thing. He still hit it straight at the keeper. Luckily, uh, you know, oddly enough, Oblock didn't keep that one out. Um, you know, I think that one's more of an Oblock mistake more than anything. But in general, the performances are getting a little bit better. Um, but look, I I think the more important conversation here is not necessarily what we think of Hakeem Ziyech. Is it, what does Thomas Tuchel think of Hakeem Ziyech? And he was full of praise for him after the game. And this is the front three that we bought last summer, guys. I mean, these were our big three signings, um, you know, attacking signings, to be fair. So, you know, the fact that the first goal especially included all three of them, you know, the Kai Havertz through ball on the Werner cross, the Ziyech goal, 
Tuchel's going to look at that and be like, okay, maybe I have something here. Maybe these guys are the ones that I can maybe stick it out with for the rest of the season. So I think at this point, Tuchel's probably looking at those three and saying, that's my strongest front three that I have at the moment. I think he likes the versatility no of way. I th- yeah, I think so. You're not but starting my, Mason Mount. May, 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 yeah, well, you got to include. Well, you got to maybe. <laughs> that's the thing, man. <laughs> you forget I, I, so quick. You're the most the reactionary guy on the pod. I love it, Zach. <laughs> no, but dude, but dude, but the, but this is the thing. Like he has so many good conundrums, like within the squad. Like I talked about the center back issue. How we have so much. Like th- all of our center backs are in form. They can all play in the back three. They've all proved it. So once Thiago Silva's healthy, healthy. We have five center backs and, you know, look at our fullback situation. We have two right wing backs who are technically both in form. They both perform well in those positions. You have three midfielders play there. Mason Mount could play there. We haven't seen him there yet, but I think he can. I mean, he he can do anything according to some people. Um, And then, I mean, all over the pitch, you kind of have these selection headaches. So it's, it's a good problem to have. And yeah, I mean, I am being a little bit reactionary here, but it is something that Tuchel could look at to build on. Cause I thought that this front three, to be fair, um, it did look a little bit more fluid than it would have with a, with a Mason mountain in the team. You know, we, we talk about Hakeem Ziyech, not necessarily playing the ball as quickly as we'd like taking that extra touch, or maybe taking a couple extra seconds before releasing the ball and missing the timing of runs. But Mason Mount doesn't make the same type of runs and arrive into the box like Hakeem Ziyech does or like he did today. I don't think we've I'm seen Mason Mount. To disagree again. I don't think I don't think we've seen Mason Mount score a goal like that Wait, playing what? in Tuchel's system. Around the penalty spot? Are you kidding? No, not playing in, in Tuchel's system. Have we seen him do that yet? Yeah, he scored in, against Everton. I mean, Ziyech. Ziyech started. Liverpool, he dribbled in. He curled it around Allison from around that spot. Maybe I'm talking about a, arriving into the box off of a cross like that. Nobody's crossing into him. Yeah, Ziyech has many one. Yeah, but, but that. Like that, you have to think that this thing. is the first gotta... time. This is the first match that Werner doesn't go all the way to the byline before looking for a cross. Like we have to point that out. For Werner a was a man on a mi- Werner, Werner was a man on a mission, man. But but today he looked like he was actually looking up before getting all the way to the mm-hmm. end of the silence. Before we saying that he yeah. puts his head down, he dribbles to the finish line and then cuts it back. Today yeah. he got his head up and he found Ziyech. Mason Mount is there usually. I I, I think it's it's unfair to Mason Mount just because he didn't play today. But I I didn't think Ziyech did enough to bench Mason Mount. I'm sorry. No, I, no, I don't think he's done enough to bench Mount. But but this is the thing. How do you include all of our attacking players and Mason Mount? I mean, it's we have just plenty of games. So That's many how. guys in form. Yeah, yeah. It's just we're not used to this because we're not Manchester City, Bayern, or, or Real Madrid. We're just not used to having this much depth. But that's that's a that's okay. And, and the players be- just need to get a, get in on on it because. We have the FA Cup still. We still are in the middle of a top four race. And now we're in the quarterfinals of the Champions League. There's going to be big ga- – all our games are big games. Like we are one match away from mm-hmm. Wembley in the FA Cup. We are mm-hmm. in the final eight, a.k.a. the quarterfinals of the Champions League. <laughs> and each Premier League game is a final right now. We have to get top four. Oh, man. It's going to be no – game is a, a No game is a walk in the park. Yeah, man. I think, I think to be – yeah, I I don't know. In terms of like the whole selection headache thing, I think we just kind of have to stomach the fact that we're probably not really going to know what our best 11 is ever as long as Tuchel's our manager. I don't think he's the type of guy that has that best 11 anyways. I mean, he's always switching things up. But yeah, 
I mean, I see your point. You know, Mason Mount, Mason Mount can't get dropped from the team. I mean, he's just been way, way, way too good. He's been the best player under Tuchel, to be fair to him. So, I mean, but if it was up to us, like we would play Mason Mount in the midfield. Like if it I would, were up to us, we know that Tuchel wouldn't. But if it were yeah. up to us, I think I think for we some would... reason in a double pivot, he doesn't see Mount there. And and again, when he spoke about Billy Gilmore, he listed all the double pivot options, and he didn't list Mount. I think he enjoys Mount's ability to press in the final third. And for that reason alone, he's going to continue to play Mount there. I mean, Mount isn't afraid of shooting, which usually the rest of our front three are. So that's another thing. Yeah, I don't see Mount not playing there unless we switch formation. Mm -hmm. All right, let's talk about the other. other... Uh, Go go ahead, Sal. Okay, I think the other. Let's talk about the other two uh, in the front three today. Um, and Zach's top n- the front three uh, that we could possibly field. Uh, Kai Havertz. So much for Team Tammy, dude. I know. It's, it's, I know. It's, Zach switches know. up like that, man. It's cool. It's cool. I I, I learned that Zach's uh, the only thing he's been loyal to for what this is, long is Chelsea. About? Chelsea's <laughs> the only thing. What have I what to. have I switched up on? I, I'm, I'm just I'm not kidding. understanding. I'm kidding. I'm making. I'm totally making joke right now. That just disclaimer that whatever everything I said was a lie. Zach is very loyal. Um, Kai Havertz, let's talk about him. Uh, he started off on the left, uh, but he really played a free role moving uh, more into the game. I mentioned that ball that he made uh, to set up the goal, what we call the hockey assist. But I think, I mean, beyond that, there was so many great balls. Great, you know, he, he held up play when he had to, like, I mean, hold up, held up play. That's not the correct term, but you know, he would dribble the ball up and turn around and kind of, you know, stop recycle possession. Like I just saw him in the right position for you know ninety five percent of the match. Also had a had a really good chance uh, off a cross. I think it was a Reese James cross, uh, and I think he he got to the end of it, but just didn't put it away. Like Kai Havertz, you, you got to think that with that you know big body. We should we should be able to expect him to score some headers. We still I, have, I think we've yet to see him score a header goal. He scored a few. A header goal? Okay. Well, maybe yeah. I'm wrong. Oh, yeah, he scored one right. in uh in his hat trick. You're one right. of them was a header. I think. I think that yeah. might I think that might be his only one though for us at least. So like yeah. you know that that's the one thing like I wish he would put he could have put that away but I, I that I'm just nitpicking at this point you know because it I think the overall theme of this whole episode was that everyone played exceptionally well, you know, and just like if, if, if there are any talking points, it would be small things that we're just, you know, talking really about for con- yeah, for just for conversational sake. But, you know, if we're going to look at it in the overall, like everyone played just so phenomenally. Uh, but and, yeah. And today we saw, you know, when you let Kai Havertz roam free in the middle, good things happen. There was a, there's a through ball to Alonzo that, had it been someone like Chilwell or even Cho that has any sort of pace. Oh, Werner was there at the back post too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's one of those things mm-hmm. where Kai Havertz also had that play where he dribbled. He was running for a 50-50 up the middle, shook off a tackle, then like tapped it around another player and he had to be yanked down. He probably would have been gone for another for, for a potential assist. So the guy, when he can get into those pockets of space and 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 turn towards goal, you know, we talk about how he's he's got that eye for the for the final pass but because he has those long legs you don't notice that in two steps he's covered so much space so in transition i thought he was 
perfect in this game. I, I have zero complaints. It, it, he he was essentially a 10, like a, a sole 10, and everything was going through him. And he just felt comfortable. Mm-hmm. And I think that that side is – we've been asking for where could creativity come from. And, and so far since he's been healthy and he's actually come out and said that COVID is no longer an issue for his, his body – it, it seems that we're finally starting to see what we paid for this summer in terms of that creative midfielder who can also do a bit as a striker. So I, I, I think he's going to continue, you, you know, Zach talking about this being his front best three. I think that we're just going to continue to see Kai be deployed as this, whether it's a off of the striker or as the striker to create space in behind. It's yeah. I think he more so than Werner is getting, you know, up the pecking order in terms of selection. And it's been in, what, three performances since he's been back Mm -hmm. to the starting lineup? Tuchel likes his versatility, and I think that's why he's leaned on a guy like Werner so much. And now that Havertz is healthy and putting in performances, he's starting to lean on Havertz now too, is because he doesn't necessarily have to restrict them to play one single position all match. He can just put them in the front three and it could be fluid. And, and with the point I was making earlier about this being our best-looking front three is it, the fluidity of it in terms of the guys were switching up positions and it looked almost seamless. Yeah. Granted, Werner was was the furthest up top. I think the it was obvious that the goal was to to get him in behind on the counter attack because we knew Atletico was going to come on to us. They had no choice. Um, and, and obviously that worked out well for us. But once we got that initial breakthrough. Um, there were a lot of flashes of, of, of brilliance from that front three, and the only thing missing was that final bar, that final decision. So again, it's the same problems that we've always had. But to my point earlier, um, I think if we have a player like Mason Mount, who's more, he's he is a, a natural midfield player. He's just going to naturally sit in those deeper positions, and he's not going to occupy the spaces further up the pitch like Ziyech Havertz and 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 Werner uh, did today. So that was my point that I was making earlier. But yeah. Um, it, I think I think if anybody has solidified their place in that front three, I think it's Kai Havertz. And I don't want to say I'm jumping the gun or anything. It's we've only seen three no. performances there, but Zach, we've seen I, enough. I also, I want to I want to just not apologize, but you know, last episode we kind of you know went hard on you for like just buying into it so quickly. And I don't want to you know kind of like I, I I didn't mean to to say that you were incorrect, you know, because. I just need to see more, and I think the more and more I'm seeing it, um, it what you're saying, I think it, it, it very well could be true by the end of the season, you know? I wasn't saying that you were incorrect, and I think that what you're saying right now, uh, just every week that you – every match that he, he's, he plays, he's gaining more confident, I mean, more confidence, and he's just, you know, do, making the right plays, like being more physical on the ball, everything, so – I think we have to remember uh, yeah. too, but, but so like, I mean, fair play, first of all, but I, I think the big thing is that Tuchel came in and, and his, his, his two jobs were stop leaking goals and get our big money signings up and running. So maybe part of, part of him putting the system together was to get the most out of Kai and Timo. I mean, the system today, just the counterattacking style alone was tailored to both of them. I mean, they were pretty much attached to the hip. There was about this, there was this invisible 15-yard rope attached to each of their waists, 
And whenever Teemo would get dragged out to one side of the pitch, Kai would sort of follow him in that direction. And they'd always find those combinations together. So that's something that we can keep an eye on. And definitely something Tuchel could lean on also. Because um, we know we know what they can do with the German national team. They've already had a couple of assists or goal combinations where both of them were involved. So they have that chemistry um, already. So exciting times, man. Mm-hmm. And they're going more into Timo. Like they had they had a Savage and Jimenez out there as a center back duo, and they just stood no chance against Timo Werner. He was just a man on a mission. I think one of you guys said that earlier. That's the, that's the perfect description of the way he played. Uh, just absolutely going hard for the full, uh, not 90 or however long he played, um, minutes that he was out there. Um, so, you know, he got that assist. 83 minutes, he got that assist. Uh, he created three chances total, three shots. Uh, could have had, again, one or two shots could have gone, should, like, should have gone in uh, if it weren't for you know, Jan Oblak being out there. I don't know why he, he messed up against Hakeem Ziyech, but is, uh, you know, impenetrable against Timo Werner, but it's okay. Oh, and also is, is, is not impenetrable to Emerson Palmieri. Let's, let's not forget him. It was a um, really good hit to be fair to Emerson. Oh yeah. Like I mean, as I much as we're shitting him. on him, he hit that thing. Like he looked like Marcus it, Alonso hitting that. It thing. was his only touch of the game. <laughs> hey, what a touch. He earned his year's salary in one touch. I was telling Sam before we uh, before you jumped on and before we started recording, but um, I, once Emerson got subbed in, the wall that my computer set up at because we're still working out of the house here is on a it's on a different wall where my TV is. So I turned away from my TV when I saw Emerson get subbed in, and I'm like, okay, I could just listen from here on out. Um, and then, granted, 30 seconds later, I'm, I'm I'm jumping on my feet and also laughing hysterically because I missed the goal, but I look up and all I see is. Tiago Silva, Emerson, and or Tiago Silva, Mason Mount, Jorginho hugging and screaming. So, what a moment! What a moment! And, and it was beautiful. Was our last, it, it was our last really good Champions League performance against Atletico away. Um, in the that, group stage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We we haven't made it into the quarterfinals in in yeah. a long time. A long I believe it was twenty fifteen. Whenever, or maybe even twenty. Or four, no, yeah, 2014 and or we, 2015 when Fernando Torres was still our striker and we made it to the semis and lost to Atletico. Yeah, that's the furthest we've made it. And that's, then we and signed then the next Diego year we bought Costa. Diego Costa. Yeah, man, I remember watching. I remember watching those matches and being like, man, we could really use a striker like him. We we would definitely win a league if we got a guy like that. And what do you know? You're right. Yeah. Too- <laughs> Tuchel said some nice things about Emerson too. I think it's something along the lines of how. Emerson has it really tough playing in a position with two other guys and how he is had only the best attitude in training. And, and he felt really happy for him to get a goal today because he's been like the utmost professional, which to me was a huge shock. And and I think, you know, I hate to, to kind of bring in the whole Lampard versus Tuchel thing, but I really think it's, it's all it takes is just a little communication with your players and you can turn around how they view themselves as part of this team. Because before we thought Emerson had a shitty attitude, he must have a shitty attitude in training and negative thoughts about how he is in the locker room. And then now when he hasn't even been selected under Tuchel to, to really start a game or, or, you know, until he scored play any minutes of importance, 
that's what the manager is saying. So what, what about the celebration from the teammates? That tells you everything you need to know. They were so yeah. happy. They they celebrated that goal harder than they celebrated Ziyech's goal, which was more important. <laughs> yeah. It, 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 it tells you everything you need to know about the way Thomas Tuchel's coming to the team. And this is not a criticism on Frank Lampard, to be fair to him. Um, but, but this is more a compliment to Tuchel. I mean, it's, He's just come in and not only steadied the ship, but he's actually repaired a lot of broken relationships that we thought were completely dead in the water here, like Rudiger. I mean, Emerson is not necessarily as important of a relationship, but nonetheless, he's even making players like Emerson happy. Look at Keppa, for God's sake. I mean, even that guy's keeping his mouth shut now. So, you know, it's it, it, all credit goes shit. to Thomas. All credit goes to Thomas Tuchel. Seriously, I, you know, the way he's... The way he's able to communicate his ideas to the players and explain each and every one of their roles to them, they all completely understand where they're coming from. Like I saw an interview with Reese James, I think it was last week, where they he was talking about not playing every week, and he was like, I have no problem with it. We haven't lost the game yet. Now, that's basically like the gist of what he said. And he's like, as long as the team is performing well, that's all that matters. Now, it looks like I don't want to say all the players have that mindset because I'm sure there's a couple that that, you know, are, are eager to get in there but i mean you even got guys like reese james who should be begging on his knees for playing time because he's so young but e e even guys like that are okay with it so big big shout out to thomas tuchel <sighs> and uh i mean i just want to say quickly lastly about uh, emerson i think because we were talking about him a little bit when i saw him receive that ball in that space i swear honest to god there was no doubt in my mind that he was not going to put that in or that he was going to put that in. Like I, I just knew it. I had a feeling and he, he, he shot it exactly the way I envisioned it in my head. Uh, so credit to him. Uh, and also credit to N'Golo Conte for making that run. Uh, I'm sure you guys have seen the video, but I mean, he sprinted all the way down the pitch after playing 94 minutes uh, Sam, explain to, it for those that haven't seen the video. Like, explain where he started that oh, run because it started was in, nuts. He started uh, about 10 feet uh, in front of Mendy, <laughs> pretty much, <laughs> in, in, in our own box, sprinted, like, dead sprint down the pitch, all the way down to, to kind of dummy and uh, play the center back off uh, so Pulisic could lay it off to you know the guy who no one kind of expected to be behind <laughs> at the end of the ball emerson and he put it away so look at the options him. Pulisic. look at the attacking options Pulisic. <laughs> emerson and Golo conte on each side of him <laughs> the fact that it ended up in a goal is a miracle i'm surprised <laughs> he didn't just, just try to take it himself that just shows how good <laughs> Pulisic is at creating chances okay this is what we've been saying but <laughs> <laughs> okay, definitely. No. Just kidding. Okay, let, let you know. I mentioned N'Golo Conte. Let's talk a little bit about main of the match because, I, I mean, we'll we'll start off with a Twitter question from Russell Saunders at Mister Grumpy and Oz. Um, he says you can't join anyone with Conte for this one. Best player on the pitch. Bring on Real in the quarterfinals. Do you think Pulisic will be dining out on that assist? <laughs> I don't. Why does he have to add that at the end? Like, I'm just like, I'm liking his question so much. And I'm like, yes, Russ, yes. And then he has to end it with he has something. To put a dig. Yeah. He has to end it with. What, what does that mean? 
that he'll be dining out on that assist. I think like, he's probably talking about like he's banking on the fact that you're on assist, even though he was like meh. Yeah, I've never heard that uh that that phrase before. That's sure how I like... took his comment, at least. No, me. That's I'm what sure I thought too. That's yeah. how I took it too. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, his performance was kind of meh, minus the assist. Did the same thing. But anyway, let's focus on about. the big part of this. <laughs> oh, yeah, Pulisic. Oh, we forgot. Yeah, we're not supposed to talk about him. Got to mention him uh, once. <laughs> but uh, and yeah, Ingolo Conte, 88% pass accuracy, two key passes, four out of seven dribbles completed, 13 ball recoveries, 13, two interceptions, which was tied for the most. Um, you know, we were talking about Ingolo Conte, you know, coming back into form, and this honestly could have been probably his best performance arguably in a Chelsea in a Chelsea kit I I he was he was a man every manager's wet dream today on the same in the right spot at all times just taking the ball away from from everyone anyone on the pitch just was intercepting every pass and also just moving the ball around you know like like I said 88% pass accuracy he was doing everything right and it was just like it was blowing my mind, man. It's just such a joy to watch him play. Um, I mean, Zach, am, am I far off from the truth? No, no. I think I think what Tuchel's done uh, with Conte is remind everybody that he's the best central defensive midfielder in Europe by by a fucking long shot. He's definitely the best ball winner in Europe. Like that trait alone, he owns that. Um, so. One thing I thought about his – I mean we could go ahead and talk about his defending and – I mean the 13 ball recoveries alone is just a ridiculous stat on itself. I mean you can pretty much put two and two together and guess that that's the leader for the game. But his ability to dribble out of pressure, especially in today's game. Like I know at times he dribbles into people and isn't necessarily aware of his surroundings when he does try to wiggle out of pressure. But for some odd reason today it just worked out and and – you know, he was showing us a little bit of everything. Everything that Chelsea fans in the last year, year and a half um, have been criticizing him for, he did right. You know, his passing was clean. He was dribbling out of pressure. Um, he wasn't giving up possession uh, as often as he normally does, or at least he does like the last year, year and a half, as I said earlier. It was just an overall complete masterpiece of a performance. So big, big, big shout out to N'Golo Conte, but... I think we would be really, really remiss if we didn't mention Kovacic's performance next to him. I think it takes two to put together something like that. Um, and, and the fact that Kovacic was performing at an equally high level um, was just such a joy to see. I mean, there, there are so many midfield combinations that we have at our disposal now. Um, we're, we're really spoiled in that sense. And some, the best part is we even have Ross Barkley still out on loan too. Oh man, when he comes back, <laughs> the return we're gonna be on a, we're gonna be on a different <laughs> level. I think N'Golo might lose his spot. But, but oh my god! In terms of one of his best performances in a Chelsea shirt, I, I think this is up there. Um, definitely for on the European stage, this is this is this is probably like one of the best, if not the best. It's gotta be the best. I think the other one was that loss to to barcelona or was it a draw i can't remember at that point but it was when we went to the yeah, camp like no and and had it not been for christensen's blunder at that point we would have gotten a result and conte was everywhere but the thing that really impressed me man is conte's dribbling i 
you know, it's something that we don't see often, but it felt like he was just, I, I think I saw at least two nutmegs and it just felt like that's what he intended to do all along. You know, there's players out there that, you know, time it perfectly and they're waiting to, to do those sort of things. Much, much like how Kovacic always slows down and then takes that longer touch to, to bait midfielders. It legitimately looked to me that Conte was just trying to dribble past people today. <laughs> it's just and instinctual for him. I, like, I felt it was, it was, it was crazy. He just so good doing it. it. And you don't think of Conte as, as the player to do that. But, man, I was I was so impressed. I think recently I've noticed that his dribbling along with Mason Mount's dribbling have just gotten way better. Or, or maybe they've been given the freedom to do so. But, yeah, I was that was was, was leaving me just kind of in shock. Fucking love N'Golo Conte, man. You know, you know what I'm really happy about is the two players that we spent a lot of time talking about, Rudiger and Conte. Those are the last two Chelsea kits that I bought prior to. I mean, to be fair, this year I bought Pulisic. Um, but yeah, my last two kits were Rudiger and Conte. And once those reports came out, you have, a Rudiger, you have a Rudiger kit. Yeah, I have a Rudiger kit Sick. from uh, two what seasons was it? ago, right? Two seasons ago, yeah, yeah. Um, nice. that's how Ron spotted me when we met. Shout out to Ron. <laughs> shout out to Ron. Shout out, shout out to Venezuela too. Yeah. Uh, shout out to Sherm Dog. <laughs> shout out to all the oil countries. Um, but, uh, so what, before we wrap up, um, this recap, I just want to quickly go through our past six matches because, you know, it's start, starting off with the first leg, uh, at Atletico. I looked ahead at, you know, these six matches thinking, damn, like, we got a really, really tough test uh, coming up. And, you know, it's really going to determine, like, what kind of team we are. And, you know, I thought it would it would turn out okay. But let me just read through it. First, a 1-0 win uh, at Atletico, followed by a 0-0 draw uh, at home against United, a 1-0 win at Liverpool, 2-0 win uh, against Everton at home, 0-0 draw at Leeds, and then capping it off with the 2-0 win at home today. Not a single goal conceded in the past six matches. In this in this stretch of games where I thought that we'd probably struggle a little bit, we didn't even let in a single goal. Um, th- four wins, two draws. Um, it was it. We're we're starting to hit stride at a really good time and i don't want to you know speak out of pocket here but you know like it it looks like obviously we don't have a chance to get the premier league title and we're fighting for top four still but if you look across the premier league i think honestly chelsea might be in the best form currently in all the premier league uh yeah you know, I might, I might, again, I might be speaking a little out of pocket because no, City's you're still not. City, but nobody's been this unbeaten for this long. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, technically, we are the most informed team. I think, I think that's Tuchel said at, in the post match how the draw for us, obviously, like it's a concern, but other teams are looking at us and thinking, "Shit, I don't want to play them." we're not only one of the most informed teams in in England. I think we're one of the more informed teams in Europe. I think if you look at all the teams that are still left in the Champions League, the teams that you the the teams you definitely don't want to face are Bayern and Man City, and then I think we're right behind them just on form. Nobody wants to play us. 
granted, yeah, we don't score that many goals, but guess what? Nobody fucking scores against us. And and just looking at this list here, um, you know, Liverpool, we already saw what we can do against them. Um, and and we missed a lot of chances in that game. Uh, Dortmund, I think we can take them. Um, you know, we've proven that we can keep strikers quiet. Our defense is amazing, right? We got Real Madrid, really not scary this year. I think PSG might be the only other team that you would look at and say like, okay, that's that that's the one. But in the Champions League in general, nobody's gonna want to play us. And, and and we're not only instilling that fear in England now. I think I think it's across Europe, and that's the and I think that's like the more important point here is we're not only onto something domestically, but I think we're also onto something. Uh, in Europe also, if we can keep harnessing the same energy moving into next season and add a couple more pieces. Oh man. And, and the thing is we look far, like, we are comfortable with a one nil lead and, and it's a lot different, you know, in the league we're we're up one and we're like, Oh, we need more goals because the other team has nothing to lose. It's just another game of the season here. These teams have to think that they can't let up on the counter. So they can't just go gung-ho against us because they do have something to lose. It's a, it's a two-way tie. We got the away goal at Atletico, and then we, we put two goals away. We could have had five. So if we continue to play defense this way, you're right. I, I think aside Bayern and Man City, we got to be the next in line. And, and even if we draw those guys, I don't feel – I feel we have, a, we have a fighting chance because people forget, but – you know, we talk about these strikers and, and the scoring and Bayern specifically last year, like, talking about the, the crazy run they had and all the goals they were scoring. Tuchel's PSG made them suffer in terms of finishing. And it, it wasn't Lewandowski. It wasn't Goretzka. It wasn't uh, Nabry. It was Komen on a header to score. So they had to find plan X in the whole alphabet to beat them. So I think that you're right, Zach. Nobody's looking forward to drawing Chelsea. Like everyone's hoping they get, you know, Porto or hell, even, even Madrid and, and everyone else is, is a potential you want to look to. I mean, sorry, not even Madrid, Liverpool and everyone else is a potential. Like you don't want to go there, but I think we're up there with the, with the kind of top 50%, not the bottom 50% in terms of the final eight. Uh, okay, let's let's uh, move on to our Twitter questions. This first one, or actually, this is our only uh, Twitter question remaining. Uh, this one's from at Blaze Caruso. Shout out to Alex Caruso's cousin. He says, "Rank your level of fear for all seven of our potential quarterfinal opponents." So, uh, just to run down the list of the seven remaining teams, we have Bayern, Liverpool. Uh, I forget who said that, but I'm sticking with it. Dortmund, Dortmund, Man City, Real Madrid, PSG, and Porto. Um, so I think we can start off by. Do you saying, just want to go through this, and do you just want do you just want to like name the team, and then we'll just give our number on a scale well, to ten? I think to start off, let's just say who we would think is the most favorable draw um because i think uh, russ i mean russ saunders or he said bring on real in the quarterfinals in his question so i think <laughs> that he's feeling real is our best shot uh I, I i mean i think obviously when you look at that list porto has got to be the you know i mean i know that they have mehdi taremi but 
you know. He <laughs> did get the red, so I think he, he is he gonna have to miss the whole. I think he does just, just the first one. Yeah. yeah. So, um, you know that we that that's a huge benefit also to uh drawing Porto. <laughs> you don't have to deal with him two matches in a row. That would be a nightmare. Um, but like I th- I think Porto it would be the most favorable draw. Would you guys agree? Yeah. Yeah, I think Porto. Um, Porto would be the most favorable. Okay, then let's let's go through the list. Bayern, I guess we'll 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 do like a scale of one to ten. How scared you are of them? Uh, I mean, I would say ten, but as of recently, they haven't looked like the same Bayern as of late. You know, obviously bringing in uh uh what's his name from Man City, Sane. Uh, you know, we, we thought that him and Nabry were, you know, they're going to be probably one of the best wing pairings in the whole world. And it just hasn't been like that. Kinsley Komen probably has actually been their best winger this year. Um, but it's, it's, uh, I I think it realistically, my fear level is probably at eight or nine, not, not quite 10. Well, there, there's seven teams. So let's do one through seven. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you don't want, instead of instead of the the scale one one through ten, would, would they be would they be like the team you fear the most? Num- would they be the number one team or the number seven? How are we doing this, guys? Well, I, I was know, saying but... I was I was saying let's go through each team and then you just tell me on a scale from one to ten. But I'm down oh, to yeah. do it Andreas's way too. If you want to just rank them. Yeah. So so yeah. seven as in like this is the seventh like. One is the one you want to see the most. Seven is the the least, and I think Bayern, I think, is the the top choice for that. I mean, they're the reigning champs, and they know yeah. how to win in the Champions League. Yeah, I'm gonna go Bayern. I think Bayern is is definitely the toughest. Yeah, that's not what I was saying, but it is true. Like, still out of the whole team, out of all of those teams, that's probably the the one I fear the most. Uh, how about Liverpool? As where would you rank them as far as I? I have them as number two behind Porto. I think that as most favorable, because, as most favorable. Yeah, I think that because we have the familiarity with them. I think, I think the thing with Liverpool is in in the Champions League, if they face a non English side, that's how they're winning. Their teams are not used to this sort of thing, and and it, it kind of catches them as a surprise. And and now we've we've beaten them when we weren't when we were still not kind of sure. You know, at the beginning of this last run you were talking about, now we're creating higher quality chances. So again, I think, yeah, I, I put them second. I I disagree. I think I think Liverpool. I mean, I think Liverpool is probably in the middle of the pack in terms of teams that I'm worried about. I, I'm not too fussed about them, but at the same time, you don't want to play Salah and Mane. In, in in any knockout round or in so, any so match. So then, who's period, your number so. two? I would probably say uh, Dortmund would probably be number two or Real Madrid. Actually, I'd go Real Madrid. I'd rather play Real Madrid right now over Dortmund just because Holland's scoring every single game. Um, Real Madrid, I feel like they shit house their way to victories, and teams that have tried to do that against us have just failed miserably. Look at Atletico Madrid. Um, so. Yeah, I'm probably going to say Real Madrid would be like the second easiest, quote unquote, or the second most favorable. I guess this is more is a better word, but yeah. What about you, Sam? Uh, 
I think, I mean, the way we're doing this is so confusing, <laughs> like for all of our listeners. I think, so so if, if Porto is taken by someone else, who yeah. would you like to see as your next option? No, no, no I, I know what you're saying, uh, but <laughs> I think I would go, I would probably rank uh, Real Madrid as a more favorable matchup than Dortmund uh, at this moment, just as far as recent form goes. Um, and then, so we went Liverpool, I mean, we went Porto as most favorable. Then we said Liverpool is second. Oh, I said Liverpool sacks at Real Madrid. Madrid. Oh, I think, oh, okay. Got it. Uh, I think, um, I think I'm, dude, this is really hard. <laughs> I think I'm with, uh, Zach here. Uh, I'd rather face Real Madrid than Liverpool. Um, and then Dortmund probably above that then the PSG Man City and Bayern I think uh, uh Man City they just they, again they're this could be their year finally after you know all the heartbreak with Pep like I I'm serious yeah. I think it could be they look they look really good this whole rank was a disaster I know but <laughs> well okay, here I'll give you a list okay, okay look okay look, okay, look. wait we wait I want to hear I want to hear Andreas's list yeah, yeah I have it written out. So Porto okay. is consensus number one. Liverpool again. We They're we figure we figure out how to have the number two. I actually have Dortmund number three because outside of Holland, they let Sevilla score a decent amount of goals. So yes, Holland is scary, but our defense is just as scary. So I have Dortmund number three. Number four, I have Real Madrid. They're getting healthy again, and they've only known how to shithouse their way into winning Champions Leagues. So unlike Atletico, who only made it to finals and didn't win, Real Madrid thrives in those situations, and they get in the ref's ears, and they make you get pissed off. And something about a team led by Sergio Ramos, who a healthy Sergio Ramos, is is a scary prospect to me. Like, they've been there before. Like, Kroos looks good in the Champions League, even though he looks awful in La Liga. Same with Modric. Like, Benzema's been on fire this season. I, I don't think you can discount their their experience. Then so, I've got but, but, but what about Liverpool's experience? Liverpool? Okay, what about we've been the saying... magic Liverpool's been able to put together? In a, like, here's the thing with Liverpool. I think Liverpool's more dangerous than, than Real Madrid or Dortmund because when Liverpool, if Liverpool are going to pop, they're going to not only pop for a but goal. But they don't even know They're going to score three right or four now. and put the tie away in, in 15 or 20 minutes. They have that ability. I do but not want to be playing it. against a team like that. There's, I, I personally do I'm not want to play like, against a team like that. Look, I, if, if Chelsea draws Liverpool in the Champions League, Liverpool are not going to sleepwalk off the bus and onto the pitch to play that match. That's a I rivalry. Not, they, they weren't looking and, to sleepwalk against us either, and we and Christensen dominated that front three. I, we, I just we think already that we already have Champions League history with Liverpool too. There's no like I do not want to. None see of those them. players were there. You're you're asking them to, to watch the tape. None of those guys <laughs> yeah, were part just, of that. Gerard I, is gone. Like I, I, I do not want to see Leipzig. Play Leipzig played to their hand. Like it's these different. guys. These guys put together one of one of the biggest blowout title victories ever 12 months ago. Uh, okay. With and a totally different back line. Like their front three was it's, actually scoring. It's the same their front three. 
it's the, but, but, but that's my point. That front three, how many goals did they score last? Like they have so much potential to pop. Season. Would they you rather see shit teams in the Premier League? I I'm not afraid of Liverpool right now. You're we more scared of just, Are you more scared of just Kareem Benzema over Mane and Salah? I was more scared and of Jota. Jota starts. I'm more scared. Yes, I'm 100% more scared of Holland than I am of Liverpool's front three because Holland has the highest conversion rate in Europe by himself. Put I can all see that the argument with Dortmund. I cannot see the argument with Real Madrid here. Dude, but, but, but I, I would still, I still, I, I still think Liverpool is not even now. For me, Liverpool can't be the second most favorable they, draw on this here's list. The thing. Here's the thing. Liverpool's not even in the top four. They can't focus on just the Champions League. Like, they can't. They simply can't because they're not going to win the Champions League. Neither can we, though. Well, yeah, That's the thing. Than they do. So, so, so that that argument is a wash because because we can't either. We have the depth. We have the depth. We just talked about how anyone in our back three can start any game. We just talked about you just said that Hakim Ziyech is part of our best front three, and now you're telling me that we can't beat Liverpool. Like I, I never said. But what happened to the first time? <laughs> Andres, this isn't the argument. You're getting like no. Yeah, this isn't yeah. the argument. The, the argument is is Liverpool the second most favorable draw on this list? And and my answer is no. There's no way I'm buying that. Dortmund is not going to win the Bundesliga, and they're going to get top. Dortmund four. isn't even going to make the Champions League next year the way they're going. And you're more scared of them than the Liverpool? Because because again, Holland scores ridiculous goals. Oh that dude goodness. doesn't need any help. I, when have when have that's, we faced this season? That's one player, like, that's one player on their team, the Andres. There's three players on Liverpool. There's three players on Liverpool that could pop and score a hat trick. And, we've and you can't deny that. that. We can, and we've shown that we can keep them in bay. So, if so, Christensen, if even in Lampard's time, if Christensen doesn't get a red card, we could have won that game. Today's Liverpool is not the same. Van Dijk is not there. They're not, not an organized I'm, team. I'm not going to convince you. No, you're not. Yeah, yeah agree to disagree. I think that's yeah. I think that's the moral of the story because I I see both of your guys' uh, sides and I and I you know like a team like Liverpool. We're talking about you know a they two won the legged. We're talking about a two legged They won the Premier tie. League last year. Yeah, it's 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 a, you know like, like a, no a, a bad I, a I single. Know we hate them. But oh, Zach, let me talk, man. A single a single bad loss or a couple bad losses in the Premier League is not going to make me like. You know, not fear the capability of that team. Uh, like definitely, the defense is is way way worse now. So, but you know, our issue has been scoring. So it's not like that'll help us out that much. You know, like, but uh, hey, we did we did beat them one uh, nil just a couple weeks ago. So, you know, I think that it, it. I think either. I think honestly, I will. I would give Chelsea a fighting chance and. Any of I these like our jokes. chances against them. In any in any of these yeah. matchups. That that's which is not crazy the argument right now, for sure. If we drew Liverpool on Friday, I I like that matchup. Like I I think it's still favorable to us. I just don't think it's. No, I, I would still rather pick we up. We know Real what's coming. We don't know what's coming with Dortmund. We don't know what's coming with Madrid, and we don't. Maybe PSG because we Tuchel do know was what's coming there. with all three of the. We, we no, know what's don't. coming with we Dortmund don't, and Madrid. Bro, we don't. We don't watch the every single game. We don't. We don't play you in the league. Just said it yourself. Dortmund is only Holland. Holland's the only person that scores on that team, right? What about Real Madrid? Is Vinicius going to score goals if Benzema goes dry one game or if he gets hurt? No. Try this. Okay. Can we score on them? Those guys don't. Those Ramos, guys don't Baran, have any more and Nacho options. are on fire. And you're asking us. You, we, we just talked about us not scoring. And you're going to tell me 
We're going to walk right through their defense. No, just like us, they can score just one goal. They know Atletico is different because they're not serial winners. Madrid won like four Champions League. Yes, Cristiano was part of that team, but they were shithousing those victories. Have, have Liverpool not won anything? Recently? Liverpool's I'm leaning like, more towards Zach right now, Andreas. I'm I just, sorry. Bro, I, I, know I, know I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. Liverpool. I mean, we're all in agreement. Yeah. Like we got it, I we got it. And Allison's been shit for the past month. And talk about who they play soon. They play Leeds. They play Arsenal. They play Man United. We play the bottom of the table. Yeah, but I've, they're probably going to be more focused on winning Champions League than making top four. I think they have a better chance of making Champions League next year by winning it all this year than they're making gonna top have four. Major shakeup. I think. Uh, I, I, who knows? I think if they if they have the finances to do it, they're going to shake that team up because they need to. All right, Good so, luck when you have no Champions League. Yeah, well, yeah, we'll yeah. see. Let's let's uh let's wrap it up. Talk just quickly run through this Sheffield United preview. So we're in the. Hey, wait, the... Wait, let me just go over it real quick. So because oh, yeah. Sheffield beat us a lot last year, they're gonna beat us this year because that's how we oh, talk about. Oh my God! They destroyed Andres. us that... and they beat us. Exactly. So now they're gonna respond. beat us now. Don't even respond, Zach. You don't have to respond to that. <laughs> he's he's just baiting McGoldrick you. McGoldrick hat-trick. McGoldrick hat-trick. We're oh off. We're done. FA Cup, not ours. You guys are witnessing the the end of the Romans Empire podcast as we know it. Where this is I the breakup stage. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna predict an Ollie McBurney hat-trick just to say fuck you to Che Adams for accepting the Scotland call-up. Yeah, what the hell? It'll okay. be one giant fuck you. No, um, this is uh. Look, they sack their manager, and normally what happens when a team that's doing that bad sacks a manager is there's some sort of bounce or some sort of reaction, and they didn't have one whatsoever. Um, I think I think it was very messy. I don't know the details of it, so I'm not going to speak on it too much. But with that being said, it, this needs to be a game where we should just you know, sweep the floor with them. But at the same time, it's also a potential banana peel. This is Chelsea Football Club after all. We do make things harder on ourselves than we need to. So I think our guard needs to be up. Look, I'm going to be disappointed if we go out and put like a semi-strong lineup. I want to see a really strong fucking lineup go out there. We don't play another league match for a couple weeks. So like, let's really go at this. Because we we did. They have have four starters. Uh Go ahead. I was I was just gonna say we did play them a couple of weeks ago or last month, uh, that was the match where Rudy scored an own goal and you know we we got the penalty right after to beat them I think it was two one, so I mean it wasn't like we handedly beat them we had we had to you know get a penalty and score off that score that way, you know so I'm not again I'm talking about having confidence against. Bayern Munich, and then ten minutes later, I'm scared of Sheffield United. That's that's just the I mean, that's just the life of a Chelsea fan. <laughs> I mean, McGoldrick is hurt, O'Connell is hurt, Egan is hurt, Sanderberg is hurt, and then two guys, <laughs> Robinson and Rodwell, are hurt. I'm not afraid of them. And how's Chris Wilder doing? He's gone. Ooh, so no manager, and Yikes. four starters are gone. Like it's it's from bad to worse. Like they are the I think, worst team in the Premier League in a long time. Didn't the guy that stepped in as interim manager wasn't that the guy that couldn't get Bournemouth back to the Premier League? 
or he got sacked from Bournemouth this season, I think, for a really bad run of form, if I'm not mistaken. And then they hired him? I could be wrong. No, they hired him as an assistant. Oh, okay. He was already on the. He went to the coach. He went to Sheffield as like an assistant. He was on their staff. I need to look I've into it. I've never heard of this guy. His name is Paul Heckingbottom. <laughs> Whoa! What? That's Super their current name? manager, Paul Heckingbottom. His last managerial job was Hibernian, which I'm pretty sure is a what Scottish kind? Premier League team. Oh, that's. Oh my. Lord, that is that's a, that's a caretaker position if I've ever seen one, man. That is a caretaker position right there. <laughs> but uh. All right, so let's 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 get real here. Predictions. We don't have to do the whole lineup prediction. We we said we want a strong lineup. Goal. Let's go to score prediction. Zach, what what are you thinking? I mean, depending on the lineup that goes out, um, we'll probably see Giroud. Um, there's gonna be goals in this. At least I hope so. I'd like to see at least like a four nil, a three nil, four nil. I, I'm gonna say four. Really? You think it. we're gonna? You think we're gonna put four away? <laughs> Let's do it, baby. Okay. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna say that, knowing very well we're gonna win one nil. But I'm gonna say four nil, just in case that it's finally the game that they break <laughs> through, and I could say, see, I called it. I knew it. Four nil. <laughs> well, well, you have to think about it this way. I mean, a lot of the fringe. Uh, not. I don't want to say fringe players, but a lot of the players that didn't play against Atletico have a good chance to get into the squad for this game. And if those guys get those opportunities, whichever ones do, those guys are going to step up because every single person that played against Atletico was a positive and, and, and only added good to their name in Tuchel's eyes. So yeah, it's a good situation to have squad competition, man. It's a recurring theme, but you got to love it. Andreas. Cho is going to score. Love it. It's that fake up. He loves scoring in that big yeah. cup. Let's do it. Man, we could have used Ross Barkley. He, he, and then he we... stands out in the FA Cup. <laughs> Is the uh, the Champions League draws on Friday? Yeah. So yeah. We'll, we'll, so we'll know hopefully by we draw next Liverpool. episode. <laughs> hopefully we don't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, uh, was, that was fun. That was actually was a lot fun. of fun. Yeah, it was fun. Um. But anyways, I mean, that does bring us to the end of the podcast. And Andres, I do love you at the end of the day. You know that. Um, <laughs> but Say yeah, it back, uh, Andres. What the hell? Yeah, man. He ta- he's, Zach talk, goes on a rant. He doesn't give me time to say anything. I love him too. Oh, that was, that was a very qualified I love you, but. <laughs> I expect a box oh, of chocolates it. as an apology. <laughs> um, no, but uh, look. Happy days for Chelsea fans, man. I mean, we're on to the next round of the Champions League. We're still in with a shot for the top four. Uh, like Andres said, we're one match away from Wembley in the FA Cup. So, I mean, guys, two trophies potentially still on the line. Um, and in a pretty decent position in the in the Premier League. Um, so it's a great time to be a Chelsea fan. Uh, look out for our next episode. Um, we're going to be recording after the uh, Sheffield match. Um, so, uh, make sure that you're checking, uh, keeping your eyes open for it. And until next week, keep the blue flag flying high.